You you hit record, right? Wait, what? Are we on? Yeah. Oh shoot, man. Let's not do this like last time. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're recording. Go. Oh, there we okay. go. All right. We're here now. This is great, Chris. <laughs> I'm so excited about I'm, this. I'm excited that we're not going to talk for 20 minutes and not have it recorded this time. So, yes, I'm. we're already off on a good start. <laughs> we are off on a good yeah. start. That is absolutely yeah. right. Man, and just thinking about season two, oh, man, I'm so excited about the stuff we're going to talk about in season two. I, I, I feel pretty privileged in that I have a chance to hear some of it ahead of time uh, of what you're working on. So it's going to be good. Well, and I feel privileged that I'm not going to be talking to my coats hanging in the back of my closet <laughs> this season, but I'm actually going to be talking to you. Just so much well, better. Okay, I mean, so and that's good. That's good. That what tell tell what's going on here, Cabe, and uh, maybe we should explain what this little quirky thing that we're doing here right now. And who the heck yeah, who the heck so, is this guy talking? <laughs> right, right. Chris Quant. Hey extraordinaire talent the checks in the mail here to just take this up to the highest possible level, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah. You know, I guess there are going to be some people listening to this who also heard season one and they might be a little bit confused about what's going on. So now that we're recording, we can, we can explain what it is we're yeah. doing. Um, yeah. Season two, we're going to be doing a few different things, uh, new from season one. And obviously the first thing you heard that Chris is here, and Hey-o. again, Chris is just incredibly talented, radio talent, voice talent. He's got all the goods that I don't have. <clears throat> um, so he's even, he's even hooked us up with some really nice equipment. I mean, this is a whole new of Dustin Divinity for season two. Look, you, you, you proved yourself with season one. Now we say, all right, Cabin, let's, let's get you some equipment. Let's get some microphones in there. Let's, <laughs> let's make this happen. Well, I proved that I'm crazy enough to keep going from season one. Maybe that's it. Although, you know what? I got to say, I got to tell you, Chris, we had almost 10,000 downloads on season one, which blew me away. I mean, I was not expecting that. And honestly, I'm not here for the numbers, but it was encouraging to hear that there was something going on in season one that a lot of people connected with. Absolutely. That was cool. I, I, to, I told you, I, I shared with you that, that you were my, you were my partner on my morning walks. It's my, my morning routine to do a two mile walk and an episode of dust and divinity would get me about that 40. I'm a slow walker. Perfect. Got me, Perfect. One episode would get me about well, through my walks. Well, see, now you got to work out a little bit harder because in season two, we're going to be hopefully doing a little bit shorter episodes yeah. too, because we want to make it just a little bit catchier. We want to roll through a little bit faster. Um, and so you got to just walk faster, Chris, that's what's going to happen now. Get in shape one way or the other. (laughs) Let's do this. Well, fantastic. So yeah, one of the things that, you know, I was interacting with some of the listeners from season one and and they said, you know, um, you're out on your farm a lot. You're on your tractor a lot. You're thinking about these things a lot. We just want to hear some more of those thoughts. And, you know, my initial response was, gosh, I feel like I put a lot of myself into season one, but then as I've been going back and listening, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I got about two tenths of the way through that thought. And it was enough to, you know, kind of launch the next part of the conversation with that particular guest. And then I just let the rest lie, right? I didn't keep chasing it down. And so I thought, you know, maybe there is some space in season two, especially, you know, with you, Chris, where you and I, we can just kind of talk some things out, maybe unpack some things in a little bit deeper level, share some things I've been thinking about on the tractor and just kind of see where it goes and and have it be more of a just intimate conversation. Um, kind of know, 
you know, we're not trying to put on a performance for anyone. We're just trying to work through some stuff and we'll see what happens. I love it when we were talking about it and we were kind of brainstorming a little bit about what this could be, how we could do it. Um, I, I love what you say, calling it tractor thoughts, right? Like maybe it's just as simple as that as like under the umbrella of dust and divinity, we have almost a show within a show, right? Where, where we could say, Hey, let's take some time. Exactly what you said, Cabin, to maybe unpack some of those thoughts that have kind of been put out there a little bit, but have some time to maybe let them breathe a little bit and sit and be present in that space. And I think, you know, as we were talking about that, that's what we're going to try to accomplish here, whether we do it that way or not. Uh, that's basically yeah. the goal here is to, uh, again, see what's what's ruminating in your head uh, as as you're going through there. I, I told Caben with <laughs> so we, we have basically a show notes of what we're going to cover during the show. And, you know, it's a Google Doc so we can you know collaborate back and forth on them. And I, I listed on there. I put uh, Chris's tractor envy. And uh, I got Kevin kind of like that high pitch, you know, head to the side, like, wait, what? Um, and uh, basically it was, I, I, I hear you're out there during the day on the tractor, on the farm. And, you know, I'm sitting in an office and kind of have these little tasks that I'm trying to complete. I'm like, man, that's so nice that he can just be out there and just think about stuff and listen to these podcasts and books and all these things. And I know there's stresses like being like being a farmer is probably one of the most stressful things out there. Right. But but I do only if you like making money. If you don't like making money, there's no stress in farming at all. <laughs> yeah, a constant paycheck is is kind of nice. Yeah, but uh, it's like the the grass is always greener on the other side of the walnut field, right? Like like oh man, he's just got the life, and so that's a little bit of my tractor envy coming in and being able to help uh, unpack these thoughts and basically just kind of be an active participate in, participant in participant in hearing what you're talking about and, and maybe lend some another voice to the conversation. I mean, I was telling you too yeah. before that and. The idea of, you know, folks have been used to your voice kind of guiding through and, and we still want that to be it. But I, I compare it to when you have another voice, like it's it's adding another note to the song or to the symphony and, mm. and people kind of go, what? Who's who's that? Who's that voice there? And so my hope is that I think our it's our hope that the, the harmony will come pretty quick here on this little offshoot yeah. called Tractor Thoughts and something that Absolutely. will just really give folks a chance to to just be able to just to dwell and, and think about these things along. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I'm man. And I am already just so thankful for the voice that you bring Chris, because you bring out just such a more rounded voice. Right. And then instead of my little voice over here in the corner and the way that you're able to pick things out and put things together, I know that everyone listening is going to be like, so they're going to be wondering why this didn't happen sooner. They're going to be like, you mean I sat through a whole season without Chris's voice on this? Like, how did I even make it? checks in the mail. This is going to be just so much better. (laughs) I'll I'll fill that check out once I get a check for the Walmart, (laughs) which, you know. We we may all be in our graves by then. We'll see. Oh gosh, that's fantastic. No, we're. I think yeah. the, the goal is 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 we want to be informative. We want to we want to think. We want to make folks think. But we also we want to have some fun, right? We want to we want to yeah yeah maybe have some laughs yeah. and and all of that. Yeah. Well, and 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 you know, there's actually a couple other elements here too that are coming into season two that maybe are worth mentioning. Um, you know, first of all, we are still going to have guests, yeah. and the guests, you know, in season one, if any of you listen to season one. We always had a couple of guests on. We're reformatting that for season two. We're going to do more targeted interviews one-on-one. And most of those are just going to be me and a guest. Some of them might be me, Chris, and a guest. Some of them might even be Chris and a guest. We're going to see how that all pans out over time. 
Um, but it's going to be a little bit more targeted and, and then it's going to, we're also going to be having a Patreon too, because we want your voice involved in this as well. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having, uh, every time an episode drops, there's going to be a Patreon specific video uploaded to our page where we actually have someone on who challenges some of the things that we say specifically Mm -hmm. They're They're going to be there to try to poke some holes in it, try to add some more depth and context to it. So if you listen to an episode and you're like, oh man, you know, a couple thoughts really tugged on you a little bit and you want to just kind of wheedle at them a little bit more, jump on our Patreon. There's going to be more content there for you and then we'll be able to engage you as well. So all around, we want to do even more thinking and even more kind of ruminating than we even did last season. So good. And you said something too, video, actually, that's, that's going to be another thing this time is, is we're going to have video out as well so yeah. if you want to you want to see what our ugly mugs look like and, and kind of see the process <laughs> and, and the folks that that are, were being interviewed um we'll make yep. we'll make the video available as well yeah and i'm looking forward to that i mean because that's what we're doing right now right we're able to see each other and this is new you know all every single conversation we did in season one i couldn't see anyone i was in conversation with and boy now that i can i don't know how i did season one without that And I just, man, props to all my season one guests because that was huge. (laughs) I mean, just, I already had respect for them for putting up with me for, you know, an hour and a half at a time, but like putting up with me without even being able to see me and interact in that way. I mean, double props to them. So I'm, I'm thrilled with this video edition. I think just all the things stacked together. Season two is going to be amazing. We're going to have have a lot of fun. So we're going to, we're going to jump in. We're going to make everybody think and, and kind of journey with us here. So uh, before we jump in, Here's we'll see if this works at the beginning of every episode or not. But I say, oh, okay, you're you're holding up something there. Uh, it's uh, what are you drinking, uh, Kevin? What do we oh, what do we got? Is, this is liquid gold right here. This is some Balvenie twelve year single malt scotch. Um, and you know, I Chris, I think if I were to be drinking a different scotch that I have in my cabinet every time you and I have a conversation. We might make it through a couple of seasons before I go through my collection. So that that might be a personal challenge I take on. It's like, (laughs) can I drink a different scotch? Because, you know, of course I have my preferences, right? So we'll see. We'll see how many times Balvany circles back around because that is one of the go-to classics. But Chris, I am not alone in drinking as we have this conversation. So what is it that you're drinking? It looks like it might be a campfire. It's, uh, but it might be something different. Yeah. So it's, uh, I've, I've got it in my little tin, my little tin mug here. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I very specifically didn't tell you what I was drinking because I was just going to save it for when we're recording just to see what your reaction would be. I am drinking a beetroot latte. What? Don't you, you got to say that again and say it slowly and say it like you're proud of it because what are you even doing right now? And this is why I didn't tell you ahead of time. I am drinking a beet root latte and people are going out there. Yeah, right. Deutsch root. Yeah. You're drinking a beet root. I am. This is actually, I, I don't know that if I can show this to you, it's, it's like this pink, whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, no. I am trying to get more How? beets into my life. <laughs> And that is not because I like beets uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it turns out that uh, I am of an age now where it uh, turns out beets help with your gallbladder. <laughs> mm. and so I am trying to find creative ways to uh, ingest beets into my, into my system. Wow. So, 
So while I eviscerate my liver, <laughs> you're going to be healing your gallbladder. Is that is that what's happening right now? To, is that the dynamic we're building? I'm trying to save it. I'm trying not to be doubled over in pain uh, like I have been in the past. And Okay, just first walk me through, how does one go about making a beetroot latte? <laughs> well, first you get the uh, the powder because it is, it's it's ground down to a powder. Okay. And I do not do spice very well like peppery or, or very spicy things okay. i have a very bland palate i'll just say that and when i got this i didn't know that it had cayenne pepper in it oh so that's, that's a surprise so that was that was a big surprise the first time so uh it's a little bit we're doing uh we're doing some almond milk we're doing a little bit of oat milk oh yeah uh oh, we've got a little bit of uh chocolate powder in there uh, a mm. pump of uh, sugar-free salted caramel uh, syrup, oh. and uh, there was one more thing in there that oh, we've got a little bit of decaf coffee in there, and we have we, so all of it is edible except for the beet powder. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it really it, it kind of we have this like a little Mister Coffee thing where it lattes, so it'll like spin everything and it'll it'll okay. put the coffee in and it'll foam it all up, so it makes you know kind of a nice nice foam. It looks like a murder scene. It really, <laughs> it really does when it starts. <laughs> Just this pure red this, splashing this red, over Like the either edge. was a shark attack in this in this Mr. Coffee thing or whatever. It, Sharknado, Mr. Coffee. It's just swirling in this coffee beet tornado. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I am, I'm drinking a, a little bit of a beetroot latte here, Caitlin. It's, it's, wow. I'd like okay. to say it's and delicious, so, but it's not. Right. But also... You do it for yourself, right? I mean, as much as you don't do it for your tongue, your taste buds, you do it for the rest of your body. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) Which then kind of leads us into one of the first things we wanted to kind of get into as far as actual content, not just banter, right? Which, cue the music. Welcome to Of Dust and Divinity, a place where we ask big questions of small things as we gather around the table with makers, thinkers, and doers. So grab your favorite drink, pull up a chair, and join us. And we're back. (laughs) So now we're actually into it, guys. Yeah. And this is thrilling. So Chris is over here drinking his beetroot latte, which I still Mm. can't really get my head around. Mostly because I don't like drinking CSI episodes. I prefer to, you know, (laughs) drink some Nick Offerman, if you you catch my meaning here. But, uh... He's doing it for his health, which is really one of the first things we want to it kind of leads into this bigger theme. Right. So now we're going to start kind of revealing what is this overarching theme of season two? And we're going to start with human health. So, Chris, what like take us through it a little mm. bit more? Well, one of the points that we have here is is you are what you eat. Right. Like That, that really is true. I was having a conversation with a, a colleague earlier today and, and we were talking about uh, it's. If you're trying to eat natural, if you're trying to do whatever, if you're gluten free or whatever, whatever you're trying to do, uh, you're, you're trying to do what's best for your body. And it's it can be so hard to do that these days. Right. Like mm. it's, it's so easy to reach for for junk food. It's so easy to just do the quick snack. Guilty as charged. Right. And why? Yeah. Why you just to be intentional about being putting good things in your body is harder than ever um to to do that uh and you know there's there's so many i don't know there's so many studies done on it but i I mean how how's that how's that go for you guys and especially in in your household 
Oh man, we could, we, you know, maybe we should do a whole episode just on food because I do think that there's a place for quick manufactured food. I really Mm. do. Especially like when we think about, you know, the wildfires in California or, you know, the snowstorm that hit Texas, there's a time and a place where we need high calorie shelf stable food fast and in large quantities. So I'm I'm kind of over hating on manufactured foods. I used to, mm-hmm. right? I used to like have some ideals and romanticizes romanticized ideas about what it means to like live off the land and things like that. But like I'm kind of over that because I don't really want to go back to a place where like we all get cholera and die at 27. Right. Like I'm cool with the longer lifespan. I recognize that there's some trade-offs involved there, right? So for me it's about balance and and I do think we're like way swung over on the way too much manufactured foods and we need to rebalance a little bit towards the middle so I I just cheerlead and and am there along with everyone else promoting like eat local eat fresh mm. you know more grow foods not lawns that's one of the hashtags we use a lot on social media yeah. because our we do we transformed our whole front yard into a, a living organism including a little fruit tree orchard a pigsty and a garden yeah. so yeah i mean so i i do think we do need to eat more talk me, talk me through that a little bit and, and maybe the process for you maybe it's changed maybe it hasn't changed but since you know moving to the farm being a farmer for a couple of years now have you still stayed pretty steady or, or have your thoughts shifted in the way of like eat natural eat local eat whatever you can grow a farm in your front yard has there been any shift yeah. in your thinking uh as far as that goes oh man there's been so many shifts there's been like seven shifts and there's probably another 15 to right. go <laughs> um and and it's been the sense of like yeah, it really did start kind of idealized and romanticized of like all of us can grow all of our own food in a suburban backyard, mm. right? That's kind of where it started because there is something to aspire to in that of like, well, if we set that as a goal, then anything we do that works towards that goal is a positive direction, yeah. right? But I'm a totalizing person. So once I made that goal for myself, anytime I didn't reach that goal, I was now a failure instead of a progressive person, right? <laughs> So then I had to go through some other iterations. Yeah. Well, then, you know, a few months ago, my wife had the conversation. She's like, you know, even this idea of eating fresh is a really privileged idea mm. because even people a hundred years ago didn't eat fresh year round. They ate fresh when things were fresh yeah. and then they canned and they preserved and they, you know, tanned meats and they did all kinds of stuff and they didn't eat fresh for like six months through winter. Yeah. You know, maybe they had some greens, right? Some, you know, some cauliflower, broccoli, things like that. But like for the most part, when you have a peach, so this is one thing we're trying to do. This is one of the things we're trying to, we're trying to only eat the foods that are actually in season then Mm. and recognize that part of what that means in our current food system is that we're not going to be eating local food during parts of the year. Like we're going to be buying, you know, spaghetti sauce and noodles and we're going to be making you know even though that the food miles on that might be in close to 10,000 food miles on that yeah. meal but like we're going to do that at some times um because that's just also the economy we're in and and we're not going to pretend that we're not there and we're not going to pretend it doesn't taste good and we're just going to kind of participate in reality the, as much as we can but we're going to eat peaches when peaches are fresh mm. right and part of what that does actually is it makes peaches better and one of the things that, and again, we can do a whole episode on advertising, Chris, right. because I have some thoughts on this too. <laughs> but like one of the things that advertising has done is it says, oh, if a little bit is good, then a lot is mm. better. 
So advertising said, oh, you like fresh fruit in July and August? Oh, you can have fresh fruit all the time. And what it actually did is it made it, it made it less good. It made it thinner, shallower, more brittle. Not only literally, because if you actually look at the nutritional chemical composition of the fruit that's preserved in cold storage and other things, it's just not nearly as good as fresh off the tree kind of fruit, but also systemically, right? Mentally, psychologically. Now, when people go into a place and they try to get like a watermelon, we just expect it to be a little bit bland and like, oh, all right. It's a water. Same with our apples. Same with our, even our strawberries. A lot of times we're like, oh, right. I guess it's a strawberry. Okay. We have literally watered down our food in this effort to take something good and give it to us all Mm -hmm. the time. So the more that we can just kind of roll back that dial and say, yes, I love peaches. No, I don't need them all the time. Right. That's the key to differentiate desire from must have. Right. So when we say that's a really good thing. And I'm going to choose to limit my enjoyment of it. It makes it even yeah, better. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we have changed in our eating. Um, but, you know, we still shop at Costco and Trader Joe's because, you know, we like the food there and it's at our price yep. point, And that's another important factor. Um, so we're just trying to incorporate. We're trying to diversify a little bit where our food's coming from. And, of course, we're trying to take these slow incremental steps more and more towards let's plant what we know we're actually going to mm-hmm. eat. Let's learn to cook with what we actually plant. Um, and let's just move more and more toward like last summer, we canned a whole bunch of salsa and we canned a whole bunch of other stuff that we're eating through this year. This year, we're going to do that and then hopefully even add a couple more things. And so, yeah, if we just add two things that we can every year, I mean, in 10 years, we're going to be canning and, you know, everything that we need. And so like there's again, there's a part of me that comes from kind of this digital culture in our country and there's part of me as an enneagram type three who always wants to be the best the first try that i'm like i need to be at 100 percent on day one and part of my food journey has been giving myself permission to like let's just go from zero percent to three percent and let's call that good enough this year that's so good It, it makes me so i'm having flashbacks of of growing up um and my, my grandparents had five acres, right? So they, you know, going through the, the depression coming up and have always, mm-hmm. you know, from when I was born, had a had a, a very decent sized garden out in the backyard. And then they had a pasture with cows and they had an orchard with orange trees and grapes and all that. So basically this whole little self-contained suburban kind of farm. And it really, as you're talking about that, it's a that's I, I've gotten further away from that, you know, in, in my adulthood mm-hmm. and grandma and grandpa obviously don't have a farm anymore. Uh, but the idea of like I could tell the seasons, right? Like mm-hmm. there was a very intentional rhythm to where I could go out and, and I consider it like I, I didn't realize it then. But what the privilege that I had when I was over at grandma and grandpa's house in the summer like we go out into the garden and I pick an ear of corn right off of the stock mm-hmm. there. And it's some of the sweetest corn I've ever had in my life that only could grow and, you know, in my opinion, could grow in grandma and grandpa's garden, right? Like hated Swiss chard, but grandma always had Swiss chard, <laughs> like, right? So the fact that my grandmother would walk out into the, into the garden, literally, literally 20 steps from the back door, pick that up. And yeah. we have that fresh on the table in an hour or something like that. Like you don't realize that. And you don't realize how you're marking time by that until you look mm-hmm. back and reflect back on it. They also had an apple orchard, right? So it's, mm-hmm. I knew it was fall, 
you know, when apples came and there was just mm-hmm. boxes of apples that grandpa had gone and picked and they sold them at the farmer's market and they would sell at the farmer's market. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't realize that I was marking time by that. And the hmm. fact that grandma would can pears, right. And that was actually a treat to get that pear juice and to have that pear, like maybe not mm-hmm. so much in season, but like, you're right. Like having that scarcity and having that special moment made it oh so much better. And yeah. and I think we, yeah. you're absolutely right. We've gotten away from the, by the way, you're speaking of advertising. I've got my phone sitting here next to me and I'm, I'm going to be curious when I log into Facebook next time, how many advertisements for fruit <laughs> I'm going to have pop up on there. Um, you need plenty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and, and one of the reasons why we want to talk about this whole idea of like, you are what you eat is it, it's a really easy on ramp to this idea that like human health and earth health are connected. Like what you just said about your grandma, like she could literally walk outside her door pick food, bring it in and you could eat it. Well, what, what you, what I heard you say in that was that your grandma could walk out upon the earth, take up the abundance of the earth from the health of the earth. And she could take that gift from the earth and put it inside your body. And it could do something inside your body that other things couldn't do. Right. So, and, and, and so really, and that's kind of one of the directions we're headed towards here with season two is what is this connection? What is this intersectionality? And, you know, our, our brand, other than the, the podcast, it's tenderly rooted and our byline for our brand is cultivate soil, soul, and city. And really a lot of season two is going to be exploring that intersectionality of soil, soul, and city. And, and so we're starting with this on-ramp of you are what you eat. And that's our show. If this conversation was meaningful to you, like it was to us, leave a rating and review so that more people just like us can discover this podcast and join the conversation themselves. Thank you for listening. This has been such a fun conversation and we'd love for you to join the conversation too. But hey, you've heard enough of our voices. For show notes or to connect with this community of seekers, visit us online at ofdustanddivinity.com partner with us on Patreon and get access to exclusive content, merch, and hidden perks. Go to patreon.com slash of dust and divinity. Join our Facebook group of dust and divinity podcast community and engage with us on Instagram at of dust underscore and divinity. As you go through your day, remember these words of Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you, for you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now.